forgot how we started. It's been ages since we recorded. How do we start these? Um, Welcome back. <laughs> that's it. Thank you. <laughs> okay, now we have a hook message. I want no, to we edit don't. this part out. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the 20 Minute Mentors Podcast. Welcome back to the 20 Minute Mentors podcast. I'm Matt, I'm your host, and I'm joined by Michael. Yes, and I'm very happy to actually announce that the previous episode that we've uploaded has finally been within the 20 minute, 20-ish mark. So yeah, that's an achievement, I guess. But anyways, um, yeah, (laughs) it's, it's too tough to condense, you know, so much information that we both have experienced in our lives into just 20 minutes. I knew from the get go that it was going to be a a tough one, but yeah, it doesn't matter, I guess. Maybe we should have started with the, uh, the title of the podcast after we put some episodes out to know how big an, an episode would be. Was yeah, it exactly yeah. 20 minutes? I haven't... Oh, 25 minutes. I, I can see it now. Yeah, that's why I said ish. Because <laughs> <laughs> it's still beyond the 20 minute mark, but yeah, at least it didn't go over 30. But yeah, uh, but still it it had, you know, valuable information though that we can't just, you know, take out from the episode. So I guess that's the um, compromise. The stream of talking about something and these calls that we have where we record this can easily go over an hour. And then I feel sorry for you having to try and pull out the good bits and make something of that that's 20 minutes or so long. So I think it's a lot of credit to you to to doing that, but also really trying to condense what we say over these long calls to go, actually, what was what were the important takeaway key pieces from this? Yeah, it's, it's not too much work, though, because, yeah, I, I just take out the, the filler words and some of the, you know, bloopers that we have during the recording. But <laughs> apart from that, all the good bits, um, I, I leave it out no, no, no matter how long the episode's going to be. We have far too many bloopers. <laughs> All right. But <laughs> anyways, um, yeah, t- today we are going to talk about um, first day experiences or maybe at least um, if not the first day, the, the first few weeks of, you know, um, being hired in a workplace because um, we are doing kind of like a progression. So starting out from identifying your career, um, writing a CV, going through the interviews and now yeah, you made it through the interviews, you got hired, and what would you do once you finally joined the workplace? Yeah, nice. And I think this is where we have very different um, experiences ourselves, because I, we were talking just before we put the press to record button, I haven't onboarded to a physical company in probably about five or six years. Wherefore, I know that you've you've been in an office and onboarded to companies in person in that time. So hopefully today we'll be able to give you guys an insight into what it's like onboarding virtually for a company where you're working remotely or even hybrid. And then the other side of the coin of when you're in an office day on day um, and what that looks like and and what to kind of prepare for. Which one of us goes first then? What's the, how do we tackle this? Oh, we're definitely going to go with remote work first because I think that's what's (laughs) most popular nowadays. I knew you would say that. Okay, fine. Remote work first. So 
when you start a company remotely for the first time, it's really it's really strange to get your head around that new setup and that new company. It can feel very isolating. Um, so the things that I've done when I've started a new company um, is I've really been strict about preparation before the day. Um, so let's say that I'm starting a new company on Monday. I will spend some time on the weekend before I start, basically making sure that my study is clean, that I've got things like a notepad I need, that I haven't got anything that's going to like distract me, especially on that first day. And then I spend a bit of time looking into the, the company and the culture. So um, I always try and find someone who works at the company and see what they have shared recently, especially on LinkedIn. Um, so I can try and establish a little bit of common ground with that person. Um, a really good example of this is at my current place, one of the people that I work with is very passionate about running um, and doing marathons. And they had posted a, um, what's it called where you ask for money? Fundraiser. That's what I'm looking for. They posted a fundraiser on LinkedIn. So I found that and that was able to give me that good bit of insight as to, okay, I know this person does running and I can kind of talk to them about that. Um, so yeah, remotely it is really about just removing all those distractions, trying to have that clear focus on the day of what, what, who am I talking to and being prepared for it. Um, I also, like, as I said, touched on, you know, I, I have a notepad, I bring pens. Um, I'll try and be ready to kind of capture everything which is going on in that day. So, um, it's really more like being ready mentally than it is being like ready physically because you, you know, hopefully you've got your laptop if you're working remotely and it's arrived on the day you need it and you've got everything set up, but it's just checking out that setup works so that you're ready when the day starts, just to press the on button, log in, and, and you're good to go. How about in person? What, what do you do differently? Not so much differently, though, but as far as I can remember, uh, I had to do a lot more than just, you know, turn on my computer. Uh, but in terms of preparation, though, um, similar to you, I kind of do my research about the, the company, the people that I have already touched base um, during the, the hiring process. And apart from that, one thing that I do remember clearly um, when I first started on my current work here in Australia was I had to go on to Google Maps mm. or Apple Maps and try to open the street view and try to look where the office is actually located. Because for my case, I also interviewed remotely and just went into the office to, to start the, the first day of training. So that was some um, my preparation. So I had to look at where the office is actually physically located and apart from that, also had to make sure that there's, you know, parking space because it's going to be expensive if, you know, park at the wrong place. And on top of, you know, just making sure that you are, you know, not distracted because um, that's going to be out of the way if you were if you work on site. So, yeah, just prepare uh, yourself physically. So obviously you're going to need to take a shower if you haven't showered um, for that day, of course. Yeah, I think that's imperative when you work on site, and and just that. Um, have a meal beforehand so you won't be hungry because you'd never know, you know, um, well, what meals you are going to have uh, uh, on the office during the first day. Um, but yeah, uh, apart from that, um, that's just it. Especially for on site, because everything's going to be pr provided for you once you get into the office, like accounts and all that. Uh, as compared to remotely where uh, all the accounts had to be set up 
I hope before you start your first day, like, you know, Slack, your your emails and all that. So for working on site, everything's going to be done during your first day. So I guess that's one of the primary differences between working remotely and on site. How do you deal with those nerves then? So I guess it's different remotely because, you know, you open a computer, you log in and you started. When you're physically going into an office building, like how do you deal with the, I guess, the anxiousness, the nerves from that? Oh, um, I have this habit of talking to myself while driving and, you know, <laughs> just try to <laughs> try to simulate like, hey, how are you doing? My name is Michael. How are you doing, mate? Um, I'm starting today. It's my first day of work. So I uh, just try to talk to myself while driving. Mm. I find that it's better when you're on your way to work because you, you keep the anxiety, you know, out of the way because you're also focused on the road. So just I just randomly talk to myself. Nice. Yeah, that's it's interesting. I mean, from uh, it's what, definitely one of the things that when you're remote, I the night before, so the sort of if you start work on the Monday, the Sunday night, um, I must set ten alarms for Monday morning. I've never slept in ever before, especially for a first day of work. But that nervousness the night before, where you can't really quite sleep because you know you need to be up, dressed, ready at your computer by a certain time it's often no different to any other work day you've ever had, but it's just that kind of, it's new people, that first impression side. So I think, yeah, from my point of view, I, I try and get up a little bit earlier. I try and get into some type of routine. So I'm a big walker and gymmer and yoga, uh, yoga doer, yoga practitioner, whatever the word is. Um, so I'll try and continue my routine. So it's, I'm not consciously thinking or worrying about what I'm going into the next day. Um, so I'll try and get a bit earlier, maybe go to the gym, maybe go for a walk, maybe do some yoga just to kind of like really bring myself back to a normal place. And I'm not realizing how different this, this new first day somewhere is. Um, you know, it's difficult to do yoga in the car park outside the office on the first day. Um, but for remote roles, it's, it's definitely, yeah, it's definitely something I find helps. How do you find, so if we get the next step then, so I've logged in, it's my first day, I've maybe got a message from a manager, maybe I've got a call, you potentially done that face-to-face, Mikey, and I had that kind of, this way you sit, this is your computer. Uh, how do you go about meeting new people? How, how has that happened in physical buildings in the past few? So dealing with people uh, during the first day, um, I, I've read this book in the past and I've briefly mentioned it in our pilot episode. Um, it's How to Talk to Anyone. So it's 92 little tricks to be successful in relationships. But as I've mentioned, it's very useful for workplace scenarios as well and you know general socializing um, activities. So firsthand by the, the time I enter the door is greet whoever you meet first. Hi, I'm Michael. It's my first day today. And offer a handshake because um that's the proper thing to do i guess um not sure what the current trend is but i am st- still a believer that you know uh, a firm handshake is uh, very important and have that eye to eye contact and smile and just be presentable and be comfortable because um when it comes to first impressions and you know dealing with first day jitters it's not just you who's probably anxious to meet your new employers, but your new employers are also um, actually anxious or they're also excited to, to have you. So it kind of goes both ways. So just be comfortable and 
they're going to be comfortable with you as well. And, you know, just the, the usual cycle of, you know, socializing with people uh, for on-site environments. And I'm sure it's still the same way for remote working. Um, it's just the actual, you know, interaction that's different because you're, you're not going to be able to physically interact with the person that you're beating. But all the same etiquettes, all the same rules when it comes to socialization, talking to people still applies regardless if you're working remotely. I completely agree. I think, you know, one of the big things that I try and do remotely, obviously I can't shake people's hands. When I first start with the business, I try and get hold of that organization chart. Um, ideally, there is one with pictures on, but not always. And I try and use that as a way to understand who I'm meeting and who I'm talking to. Um, it doesn't mean that I change my approach for anybody or the way I talk to people. But typically remotely, you're suddenly, you're told, okay, you need to speak to these 10 people or these are the people that you're going to work with, arrange a call with them, or I've put calls in your calendar already, you're going to talk to these people. So for me, it helps having that little bit of that org chart or that background on them so that I understand what their area is. Um, it's a bit trickier when you're in person, but remote, I, I find it's quite nice to be able to know, okay, I'm speaking to someone who is a developer in the applications team, or I'm speaking to a designer on the web team. And that way, I have a very quick rapport that I can build with that person. So I'm meeting person X, who is a designer in web. Great. They're a designer. I can ask them about designs and they work in web. I can ask them about what website they work on or which parts of the website. Um, not having that physical interaction is a little bit tricky because you're relying a lot more on rapport you can build through a video call. But yeah, hundred percent. I think, I mean, I don't have a, um, I haven't read a book about meeting people or, or kind of influencing people in a long time. But I find just having that open honesty, as you've said, and just going, hi, I'm, I'm new. It's my first day or my first week or whatever, wherever you are in that journey. Um, I'm learning about such and such, or I'm in this department and I just been asked to put some time in and get to know who you are. I think there's a lot of value as well as talking about things that are outside of work. So most of the conversations I'll have with people is, you know, hi, I'm Matt, I'm new. I was told by my manager to put some time in to understand what you do. What teams do you work with? What do you do on a day-to-day -day basis? That's really cool. And then before I wrap up that conversation, I would go, oh, what do you do outside of work? Or if something has come up in conversation, typically remotely it's quite easy because I can normally ask where they're from or where their accent is from or you know, whatever. But getting that personal touch in there, I think is really important really early on because you're establishing a good level of rapport with that person. Um, and it helps to kind of build that relationship quite nicely too. A hundred percent agree. And to add to that as well, um, depends on the kind of role that you are um, having, because I've been on onboarding as well um, on site where um, it's like a team uh, onboarding. So you there's like a group of people starting for the first day. So um, apart from, you know, getting to know your employers, the, the, other guys at different departments, you also have that um, added bonus where you get to build rapport with the people uh, that you're joining with, like the your your team or your your wave of or your your batch mates um, during the the onboarding. Mm. So that's also another avenue where you can actually you know just dig yourself in and you know get comfortable with the people around you. Yeah, hundred percent. It's that shared experience, isn't it? And there was somebody I met yesterday. Um, I was at a very rare on-site meeting yesterday, 
um, where I was meeting some of the team that I've worked with for the past four months and haven't met in person yet. And there were two people there that joined on the same day. Now, they joined on the same day two years ago, but that was still a thing they brought up in conversation to go, oh, I joined on the same day as this person. Um, so it is quite a powerful thing to have that sort of shared, what the word is, shared experience, I guess, to kind of onboard and go through with a group or with an individual. So um, I, th- I guess it's my time to ask questions to you, Matt. So do you have any tips Uh-oh. or tricks, though, <laughs> in how you initiate those? So uh, I know you, you've mentioned the, the elevator pitch uh, in mm. previous episodes. Yeah. And um, to be honest, I still think that, you know, it, it works in making that you know, first impression. So do you still employ that in, you know, onboarding like the first days? The first day, yeah, definitely. I mean, it's a... Um Remote, you kind of feel like your first couple of days, even the first week is quite uh, repetitive. I use an example. So if we use a live example, I'd say, hey, Matt, hey, I'm Matt, I'm the product owner. I've been brought in to work with, say, Michael. Um, I'm working on the mobile apps team. Um, I've worked in product before, and this is my first week. Like, really straightforward, gets to the point. It kind of tells everyone what they need to know. I think there's also a little bit of, um, certain industries I've come into where someone new starts, people are very keen to know, what you're doing in the organization, like why, why are you there? What, what, what role are you fitting into? So that very short elevator pitch of like, I am Matt, I'm in the product team, my manager is X, I started X amount of time ago. I think that's a really very quick and very concise pitch. Now, a lot of people that you're meeting will probably have heard about you joining a month before you started, even maybe two or three months, depending on how long it's taken to get you into the business. But just having that little pitch, I think is really quite powerful. So yeah, definitely, definitely promote elevator pitches. And you have to totally agree. Um, I kind of employ the the same um, strategy as well. But I guess um the difference or the, the deal breaker there, you know, when, when giving your introduction or your elevator pitch, is probably the the manner or the approach that you say things about yourself. Because I kind of have this feeling, and I, I do remember back when I first started, we were uh, a team of five. We started um. Uh, on the first day together during the training and similar to the the feeling that you have when you're watching a reality show for the first time and you have this kind of like a cocky dude or cocky person kind of introduce himself up oh this job is very easy i have experience um xyz and you know different companies and i think uh, i mean this is just a personal opinion i mean it may not apply to everyone but uh, apart from you know crafting that good uh, introduction or elevator pitch uh, i think it's also very important you know the the manner or the approach that you say things is also very important and i guess the word to sum that up is practice a little bit of humility as well because yes you are hired because you have the experience and you're qualified for the job but so is the other people as well and uh, as they say first impressions always last so um, that's kind of like the, the tricky part during first days, right? So, um, it's not that you don't want to offend anyone. Well, you, you really don't want to offend anyone, right? But, um, <laughs> you want to give that good impression. So a little humility uh, goes a long way. Yeah. Uh, that's one piece I, w- I would add to the strategy of the, the introduction. Oh, hundred percent. And kind of being open, I think really helps as well. You know, being able to say, I don't know that yet, especially in your first couple of weeks, days, weeks, and months. 
you know, um, to be able to put your hand up and go, I don't know how to do that, or I don't know what that is, but I'm happy to learn how to do it. I think that's having that level of like self awareness is, is massive. Um, I guess on that, also coping mechanisms, like we, we spoke about it briefly at the beginning there, but like how you handle nerves of your first day, but also nerves of meeting people. Um, and it, it can be quite daunting, especially if it's your first professional role going into a company for the first time, meeting people who've been in that industry for 30 years or maybe even the founders who've established the company. It is quite a um, nerve-wracking experience. So there is lots of things you can do to to cope and kind of bring the nerves down a little bit. I find a hot drink. I don't know what it is about having a hot drink, but a hot drink really calms me down. Um, so if I get yeah. a bit nervous, a, I'll make a cup, a cup of tea. A cup of, there we go. Yeah, make a cup, a cup of. <laughs> But a cup of a cup of tea, um, or even a coffee, I think they're really good things to sort of calm you down. Um, even having a drink of water or a bottle of water around, that just the the disconnect between taking you away from the situation and having a quick swig of water or a quick drink of water. Um, again, that's a really I find that a really powerful coping mechanism to kind of briefly take you out of any nerves or any stress that you're feeling about being there um, and about meeting people on that first day. Do you have any mechanisms similar to that that you've used in the past? Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, that's also one of the things that's very different between working remotely and on-site, because on-site, there's almost always going to be coffee or at least a cup of water <laughs> around. Water. <laughs> <laughs> there's, like, you know, the social media meme going on about British and how you say water. But, water. yeah, that was just a pun. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, um... Uh, going back, coffee uh, in my first workplace uh, when I first arrived here in Australia. Um, yeah, water was around and the, we also have like free coffee that employees can go to. And my current workplace now, there's like a, a small pantry so we can make our own cup of tea or coffee. So that's a, an added advantage when you work on site. All right, but enough about cup of teas and coffee though. So Whenever we join a, a workplace or a, a new company, there's always this this thing that we call as expectations versus reality. And I can think about a few things where I've had too much expectations, but when I went on site, um, it was actually the the opposite. Uh, how about you, Matt? Uh, in terms of you know remote working, um, any expectations versus reality moments that you can share to our listeners? hundred percent. I think, you know, the expectation side of things, everything feels scary the first time you do it. And I think that's the, to me, that's the big thing is, you know, you have starting a new job seems scary. Your mind will make it feel a lot worse than it actually is. Um, there's a book, I'll try and find it for the next episode we do, but it talks about how one part of your brain is rational and looks at the, what do we need to do? And the other part of your brain is more creative and unrational. And that part of your brain definitely dominates your first day and your first week because, you know, you're, you'll go through these crazy scenarios. And I used to of, you know, what if I go and then everyone hates me? What if I get fired on my first day? What if I, what if they realize they've hired the wrong person? Like I, I used to go through all of those thoughts in my head and it's that taking a break is really important on your first day. So whether it be a lunch break, whether it be a walk, um, you know, even just going downstairs to, you know, if you're remotely or going outside, if you're not remotely, just to take a quick breather, you're able to kind of put those pieces together, or at least I am, put those pieces together to say, was it as bad as I thought it was going to be? And then 
yes or no, hopefully to know. <laughs> and you can go, actually, wasn't I really silly for thinking that this thing was, a, this was going to be a thing? Or wasn't I really silly for thinking that, you know, X or Y was going to happen? So I think really having a moment, it could be a bathroom break, it could be going out for a walk, it could be getting a cup of tea or, or just having that disconnect from your desk or cubicle or office building, just to kind of really rationalise those thoughts and bring yourself back to it and go, was it as bad as I thought it was going to be? What learnings can I take away from that? How can I kind of calm myself down a little bit? I heard a really interesting quote. Again, I'll have to find out who who said it on the next episode we do. But the quote was around, every day has one negative. So there's always going to be a part of your day, which is the day that you see as being the negative. So if you can identify that part of the day and go, oh, it's my commute. That's the part of the day I don't like. Or it's, you know, whatever it might be. I think once you're able to go, you know, if you are having that bad first day or bad first week, you can go, okay, this was a negative part of the day. This was the part of the day that I didn't like. I can now pick myself up and move on from it. Um, so again, that's a really powerful tool that I've used in my, um, definitely my first days where, you know, as you said at the beginning there, normally your systems are all set up for you, but sometimes they haven't been. So I had to create accounts on different systems and I thought, okay, this is the, this is the boring part of the day. This is the day that's the challenge for me. I'm going to have to sit here and log in to 20 different systems and create accounts. But once I get beyond this, the day is going to get better again. Um, so I think definitely having those those expectations and check-ins are really important things to do. Yeah, um, I was going to ask, you know, as part of the the ender, you know, to, to put the mm. tone more lightly, something that you remember in one of your jobs where, you know, something memorable during your, your first days, your job, mm. something that you did, something, maybe a blooper or, or you know. Because I'm also Ooh. thinking on my end as well. What could I've yes. could I have experienced in the past where, you know, it was it was really fun or maybe embarrassing, mm. or something like that? I got one. Oh, so, let's hear it then. Oh no, <laughs> I'll text you it now. Um, so, oh, one of my in the job that we met at actually, I had been slowly transitioning and taking over from someone who was leaving, and one of the projects he was leading was to put a banner on the website to promote a new payment system we had. I remember I was kind of doing, leaving one job, starting the other, just kind of checking bits. I wasn't really working. I wasn't really expected to work, but I was just doing sort of rough checks and things like that before I started. And someone had sent me a message and said, this is ready to go live. Are you happy with it? And I hadn't, my attention was elsewhere. It was my first week and I said, yep, no problem. Let it go. So that was then classed as signing off the, the, the wording for this change. Um, and then a day after I started, the release that I had signed off went live and there was a spelling mistake in it. So we were launching Apple Pay and um, there was a huge banner across the front of our website which said Apple Pay. So instead of Apple, I had a Y in it, Apple <laughs> Pay, now available. Um, and that was my first or second day. And I remember that fear of what have I done? Like it's my first day in this business or at least second day in the business. And I made this massive mistake where we've just done this huge promotion about offering Apple Pay. And then I've misspelled it and released it on the website. Um, <laughs> so that was definitely one of my biggest bloopers, biggest learning learning curves um, early on our first day. How about you? For for that error, did you use um, the your usual speech to text thing, your, your dictation? <laughs> 
No. So it wasn't even me. So the copy had been written by the marketing team. Then it had been put into the design by the designer. The marketing team had agreed that it had been developed and it came to me to final sign off. So there was two other people who could have spotted it on its way. Um, it just came to me as we're releasing this banner. Here's a picture of it. Are you happy? And I was like, yep, all looks great from my end. And away it went. So I wasn't actually responsible for, for typing it or designing it. It was just the final stamp before we release it. Um, so I take responsibilities and that's my job to make sure these things don't happen. But at the same time, um, there was two other people who should have spotted it as well. Great. As I was say, I'm not still bitter about that at all, as you can tell. <laughs> that doesn't still keep me up at night of how bad a, uh, a problem that was. It was, yeah, I, I still, even today, I am so now, because of that change, so granular about changes and checking word and, and yeah, because of that slight mistake on my first days. Imagine being a customer for a finance company seeing Apple Pay now available. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I would definitely trust that. Apple Pay. It's a new type of... <laughs> Maybe this is a new thing we're inventing. Um, yeah, I think we were very lucky that we didn't have the biggest customer base back then. But still, yeah, it's it's a simple mistake that really should have been avoided. Yeah. Well, for, for my end, it's not as critical as yours, though. Um, it's just one of those things where... I mean, it's actually personal. Sometimes I find it hard to remember the actual names of the person. Yeah, I do remember the faces, but I find it sometimes difficult to remember the name. So I remember mm. during the the first day I was being introduced to a ton of people like, eh, this is whoever, whoever uh, from this department. So the succeeding days uh, of that week, I kept on seeing that person. But since I didn't remember the name, I kind of called the person a different name. And <laughs> <laughs> the weird thing is, um, he didn't react to it. He just went on as if that, you know, I was calling him correctly. And I didn't realize it after the, the following week where everyone had like a, a small meeting and then he was addressed with a different name. Like, I was like, oh, what the? I was calling <laughs> him the wrong name the whole time. And he didn't even tell me. Wow. Yeah, I think, um, th what good tips have you got then for remembering names? Because I think I... So I try and get the org chart and I, I'm pretty happy to get people's names wrong in front of them to then be corrected. Yeah, the, the good thing about working remotely, though, is you always have the, the names um, during True. meetings and video sessions or at least when you're chatting with someone. So the, the only risk there is you pronouncing it differently, whereas when you're working on site, you get to see the face, but they don't have the, the name tag, except for when you're working with a, in a company that has mm -hmm. an ID um, you know, and, and in front of the person, but if not, then yeah, you really have to put your A game there and, you know, try to remember the names of the people. Yeah. I guess you're right. Yeah. Remotely you do have whether teams or whatever you're using, you'll have a pop-up at the bottom to say their name. Um, that's very true. So there's some of the things that we've used on our first days. I mean, I know that it's a huge topic to cover. And there are so many different ta tactics, strategies, things you can do that will help you through your first day. We've covered off the ones that are like that stick out to us and that are memorable by us. But I think the main points to remember are be yourself, relax as much as you can, um, and own that it's your first day. No one's expecting you to go in there and be the kind of the best person memorizing names, the person who instantly knows everything, the person who jumps on and is already collected to everything. So. Yeah, own your first day, your first week. 
embrace that it's a time that you can get to learn people in new places and whether it's remotely the way I've done it or in person where Michael's done it you know there are definitely tactics you can employ that will help you through your first day in your new job. This episode I can already see the recording timer is going crazy so we'll stop this one here if you want us to cover off more about first days or tactics you can use get in touch with us we always have a link in our description around leaving us a voicemail or email us directly but i'll pass over to to michael to close this one down yeah thank you so much matt for that wonderful message and yes i have nothing to add haven't said that (laughs) (laughs) goodbye guys we'll (laughs) catch you in the next episode Bye, guys.